let's talk motorcycling now, and uh, particularly superbikes. And Clint Seller joins us. King Price Extremes. Clint Seller is uh, performing extremely well. It's just come back from a race in Germany. Hi, Clint. Hey, John. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate how it. Was, how was Germany? Yeah, Germany was, was really cool, very interesting. It was, um, it was actually a road race. It was on public uh, like public streets. Yes. So first time I've ever done that in my career, which <laughs> was, um, yeah, very nerve-wracking. But um, to be honest, I really enjoyed it. I actually really enjoyed it. And uh, we came away with some really strong results as well, which was, which was exciting. I'm imagining like the Manx TT, that, that kind of vibe. So, yeah, I mean, it's basically pretty much the riders that are guys that ride the Isle of Man, and, and there's actually sort of a world championship that they do, um, not including the Isle of Man, because I think that's sort of like the very most extreme that you could ever do. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it goes across a few different countries in Europe. And um, this track I rode in Froberg, um, not quite as dangerous, to be honest. <laughs> so uh, I think that's the only reason that I really committed to it. I actually, um, I sent the video to my wife before when I got the call from the team and I said, hey, love, check out what you think of this track. Can I race it? Let me know. Oh. Christian mark, Christian mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what's, do you get, do you get time on, obviously you get time on a track, but you know that it's wide and it's safe and it's relatively smooth. How much time do you get on the roads? So that that was one of the factors that I was quite stressed out about because we actually only had two sessions wow. um, on the Saturday because the track actually, people are driving to work and mm. back on Friday, so you don't get to ride on Friday at all. And the race is on Sunday, so they only close everything off on the Saturday morning, basically. But um, the team, because I was you know, a rookie, the team actually entered me in two classes, um, which worked out quite well because I doubled the amount of track time I had. So it actually, by the end of, by the end of the Saturday, I was feeling pretty comfortable and uh, I actually had broke the lap record already kind of on the Saturday to such situations. So I, was, I was feeling really quite comfortable there. Cool. <laughs> was it the same bike that you would use when you're racing your superbike? So same, same brand. So I raced for Honda here in South Africa. And um, again, it was a Honda in, in, uh, in Germany. Um, there are slightly, you know, every team has different ways of, ways of looking at things. You know, for example, my King Price team here, we build the bikes in a certain way, um, whereas that bike there is actually built for another rider. Sure. So, yeah, there was, there was a few things I definitely needed to adapt to, but um, I don't think the team really understood my English so much, so <laughs> I kind of, it was, easier, it was easier for me to just ride the package underneath me than, uh, than worry too much about trying to change stuff, yeah. <laughs> it's, when I imagine that there's there's um, as on the roads there's the road is cambered wrong there are drains and things in the way it it, it it must be a completely different experience to being on a track. Completely different, and it's exactly like you say. You know, there's white lines that are because that the one section of it was an intersection. You know, that was like a, a four way stop intersection. We were going yeah. through it at about 210 gays an hour. So lots of white lines and, and you breaking across, uh, you know, from one portion of road to, to, to like over a break in the road to the next portion, which is not something that you do um, mm. at all, you know, you know, on a normal racetrack. So normally racetracks, we're using the curbing and, you know, if, if you fall, it's never good, but, you know, there's, a, you know, there's sort of like a built-in safety zones. 
Mm, but yeah, mm. those those are all completely gone. They they are non-existent on a on a road circuit. It's um, I did actually I did have a fall. I actually had two falls. Yeah. But um, if there were places to fall off, it was in those safe places. <laughs> so you you kind of find yourself where you where the where the risk is very high. You you sort of ride within yourself a little bit, and then where the where it's more like a normal racetrack, then you kind of yes. race like a racetrack. You know, you start to push the limits a little bit, yeah. Well, it must take you back to your beginnings, Clint Seller. Don't tell me you didn't go fast on a motorbike on the streets when you were younger. Yeah, no, I think that was probably more dangerous. So <laughs> yes. at least this one, the roads were closed. Yeah, no, it's, it's so strange. You know, I've, been, I've been racing for the majority of my life, really. I, I basically raced, started racing at three years old on a mm. motocross bike with my dad. And, um, you know, spent so many years on motorcycles. But the reason I started racing superbikes was because I wanted to ride bikes on the road. And my dad said, well, if you're going to ride on the road, you need to know how to do it well. Therefore, we're going to go to the racetrack. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of actually uh, the reason that I got on the racetrack. And then you sort of, you know, you kind of figure out that, hey, I'm not so bad at this. And mm-hmm. let's see where it goes <laughs> from, from here. Uh, I introduced the you as it, it's part of Mental Awareness Month in October, my birthday month as well, by the way, just throwing that out there. Oh, but it is Mental <laughs> Awareness Month. And there's lovely pictures on your Instagram of your wife and your kids, and there's a, a picture of you getting makeup done. How important <laughs> is the family, and how do you get rid of the family when you're taking a corner at 45 degrees at 200 k's an hour? Yeah, it is something that is having kids was was really the big change you know my wife um i've always raced my wife you know when when i met her i was racing you know that was sort of my life and and Mm. she although not being involved in the motorsport world she knew that it made me happy to be successful at it so therefore you know helped with that but um i actually recall a, a time i was racing east london and the tracks like we do about 320 k's an hour there at one section and I'd had a really scary moment on the Friday morning where I basically, the bike almost flicked me off and then I just managed to land back on and kind of get back and ran off the track and then got the bike back and came back mm. into the pits and, and sort of told the team we had a bit of a problem. But I, at that time I was talking to the team, I saw my daughter and she was about six months old. And um, I about I went out again, I finished the session off, you know, it's your job, you got to do it. But then about an hour later, I went to my wife and I said, I think, I think that's me done, you know, and I think, uh, I think I'm going to call Jose. I've, sure. I've, I've won a bunch, and, um, but no, this is, doesn't seem worth it anymore. Mm. And my wife sort of said to me, okay, well, you've got to go out the next session because it's qualified. Why don't you do one lap and then see how you feel after one lap? If you want to come in, perfect. No one's going to begrudge you. You know what I mean? It's, you can come in and, and that's it. We can call it and move along in our lives. Mm. And I did one lap, and then I did another lap, and then I did another <laughs> lap, and then, you know, and it just kind of, you you just, you're able to, I don't know, maybe divide the two worlds, I would say, mm. but uh, I, I often do say to my wife that, um, you know, especially with my kids, that, you know, on the, on the days where we really have to focus super hard and push very hard at high speeds, that maybe it's easier that day the kids are in the grandstands and not uh, with me, you know, leading up to the race. I do, uh, I do need that that sort of mental break a little bit, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. <laughs> it's 
again, how do you how do you balance all the travel as well? You've just come back from Germany. You are around the country. Does the family still a young family? Do they travel with you? Um, so not so much pre-COVID. Yes, um, definitely. We racing was a was a family event um, sort of situation. Yeah, we we went to all the races together, did everything together. But COVID really put a you know a change it changed it up completely. You know, you weren't you weren't allowed as many people at the racetrack. Mm. Traveling was really difficult, so it kind of became that we, the family stayed at home, and and then I went off and raced, and and then came back as quick as possible. Getting back to a little bit more normal now, where we're traveling a little bit, but yeah, I think also young kids, young kids are hectic to travel. <laughs> it's hectic. Well, leave them behind. It's like yeah, I get a night's sleep. Yeah, exactly. I actually, uh, I raced, uh, I just got back from Germany and then I had a, a race here in South Africa like two days later. Mm. And um, the night before the race here in South Africa, it was in Valkum, so I was, I was just going to drive down in the morning. Um, I said to the team, you know, I'll, I'll drive down uh, for the race in the morning. And um, the night before, my daughter was really sick. Wow. And I was shattered. I, I was destroyed. I had no energy left at all because of being up all night with the kids. So uh, yeah, maybe it is easier just doing it, uh, you know, single dad for a weekend to win some races. Clintzell, <laughs> uh, I want to talk a little bit about the bikes. Uh, from what I understand, these super bikes are really just huge machines, big engines, and it's it's rider and machine. But I'm looking at these MotoGP bikes now. They're they're becoming little Formula One cars with two wheels on it. It's a completely different sport now between the two, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a MotoGP bike is, as you say, it's basically a Formula One car. I mean, it's the, it's the sort of pinnacle of of engineering in, in the two-world environment. It's, mm. it's the deal and end all that can be manufactured for a motorcycle. Um, our, our super bikes here um, and overseas, they are edging a lot closer to that. If that, okay. uh, if that makes sense. Although they're production-based and they have to be based off a production bike, um, the allowances that we've had over the years, plus what what is available for the bikes within the rules, mm. has become extravagant almost, you know, compared to where it used to be when I first started. You know, I first started, it was you bought a bike and um, got an exhaust pipe and, and you went, <laughs> went racing, you know. It, it, it was... Yeah, you know, that was the thing. And, but the bikes definitely have become so advanced. I think it is because they're so fast now. You know, the bikes, I remember when I first started on a super bike, maybe 17, 18 years old, we would get a top speed of 280 Ks an hour. That was yeah. the best you could really ask for. But now it's over 300 Ks an hour all the time. And um, I think the bikes have become so advanced. So the technology and rider safety aids that, mm -hmm. that are given to us and that we work with now are, are much more advanced. So it, it's actually sometimes, um, especially when people come and watch a race and I show them the guy with the laptop, you know, all the different things that he's changing all the time. Wow. For me, I think the guys are, are kind of all blown away how mm. advanced the bikes are. And if I say, you know, our bikes are are maybe 20% of what a MotoGP bike is. <laughs> yeah. So they've, they, yeah they, they've, got these, they've got these wings on now, and they've got the what the anti, well, the, it's, I don't know, what's it? It makes the bike sit down when they accelerate yeah. it. It's, it's all, it's, it's, it's like, like Formula One. They, they're riding little space rockets. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, uh, 
one of the interesting things for me was, so I, I for many years, I, I actually held the lap record at Kyle Army. Mm-hmm. So the lap record pre-Brad Binder coming on his MotoGP bike was actually <laughs> yeah. held by me in 2017 yeah. um, at a race at the, I think it was the Motoring Fest or something like that in those, in those years. And um, so I know the top speed that I did at that time at Kyle Army down the mm-hmm. straight to do that lap time, which was like a 1 minute 45 or something. And um, I did... It was about 289 k's an hour before I braked to to go to the the first yeah, sort of tight left hander. Yeah. And um, obviously, I'm you know we all we all do know each other the motorcycle racing. Obviously, I know Brad and that. And chatting to Brad and, and Mike Crucci, who works on my bike, also works uh, helps Brad on his training bikes. Mm-hmm. And um, Brad did 200 uh, sorry 322 k's an hour in comparison to my. 289. It's, it's, sure. I mean, 30k an hour is yeah. is a lot. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was sort of when when we looked at how the his the speeds that he could achieve on a bike. I think the bike he was on was his 2020 bike. It's not even mm-hmm. the bike mm-hmm. his most advanced bike. So I think uh, those bikes are, are just on another level. And to be fair, those those riders are are, are next level as well. I believe. <laughs> yeah. And. Do you have to be, or let me rephrase the question, what what sort of physique does one need? If somebody's listening to you now and there's some young riders and they're starting off, do you need to be like a little jockey like it seems the, the MotoGP guys are for a superbike, or can you be a slightly larger person? Um, it, it, it is difficult. Um, yeah, you need to be smaller. That's kind of the reality of it. You do need to be smaller. I'm, I'm not the smallest guy, so I'm 1.8 meters tall. I'm sort of Average, if you say, I weigh 69, 70 kilos. So I basically spend my entire life on diet, always, for my whole life. So I'm always on diet. But that's that's what it is, you know. I mean, uh, a guy like Brad, I think I think he's, he's maybe 60 kgs, I think, you know, <laughs> fully wet. They, they're all little, little guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, the reality is motorsport, and particularly motorcycling, is very geared towards little guys. Mm. <clears throat> but... You know, there are bigger guys out there. <clears throat> Different formulas allow for, for bigger riders. Um, for example, here, you know, in South Africa, I'm sort of, I'm tall but thin, you know, and, and uh, the majority of the guys we race here are all sort of, there's one or two kind of shorter guys, but we're all sort of average height guys, just watch our weight type situation. Um, if you go to World Superbike, I'm pretty much my stature is, is kind of the norm there, mm. you know, and, and uh it's not to say you can't go and make it and, and sort of you know be a paid professional motorcycle racer. You can. You just got to pick your battle as such, I would say. Yeah, you mm. know, there's MotoGP, maybe not, but, uh, you know, World sure. Superbike and, and, you know, different different uh, um, avenues like that. It is possible, absolutely. Clint, we need to wrap it up. Uh, we're a big fan of women's sport here. What's the future of women races in, in your formula and but in motorcycling in general? Motorcycling is um, the women. The women uh, races do extremely, extremely well in the junior categories, and and you can see that throughout the world. I think the junior categories, the women do extremely well. Mm-hmm. Having said that, there's some incredible uh, women riders in the World Endurance Championship, which is quite strange if you think about it, because it's 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 probably the most difficult in terms of physical fitness um, wow. championship in the world. Yeah. And and there's some women there that are doing unbelievable uh, um, things in that, in those series. You know, they've got women women teams that are running at 
sort of the front of the of the grids there, which is pretty impressive. Mm. Here in South Africa, um, there's actually really good uh, lady riders. They are they actually then I think media wise they make a bigger splash than than the guys uh, at this stage. You know they really do have good personalities and mm. and bring bring lots of people to the racetrack, which at this stage. Uh, it's about speed. <laughs> so yeah. fortunately, the boys are still faster, but I think the girls are hunting us down. That's, that's for sure. That's the future. Clint, what's next for you and where can we see you guys in action? Uh, awesome. Yeah, so we are in action November the 19th at Kalani. Yeah, so we our oh, last wow, round okay. of uh, the last round of our championship is in Kalani in November. So yeah, we're all gearing up towards that at the moment. And uh, yeah, I'm leading the championship, so hoping to wrap it up and put another one in the books. Yeah, we need more racing on Kailami. It's it's a bit of an expo site at the moment. We need some things on that track. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think they really want too much racing there. You know what I mean? If I if I look how they sort of how expensive it is, <laughs> to uh, be right. honest, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's a it's a big number. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's a big number. You need to be able to go and race uh, race there. So I don't think Kalami's mm. core function is is racing. I think yeah, like you say, it's an expo site. But uh, we we've been fortunate enough as a as a series in our our championship um, that we're going to be doing our last round there. And I actually I think there's quite a few international boys. I think someone like Darren Binder might be riding us. Stephen Urendal, who's a, a world endurance um, sort of top end rider. So I think there's some international names, South African boys that are going to come back and have a race with us as well at that route. All right. All sounds very excited. Clint Seller, thanks very much for joining us and good luck to you at Kailami. So thanks a lot. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me.